0: we say things that don't mean anything but thanks for listening yeah. hello everybody welcome to we say things episode 26 sponsored by absolutely nobody my name is Huntsman, joined by cinder and how are you doing today great you just woke up again cinder and i'm so sorry i had you had yeah. to wake up an hour earlier for the next six ish months how does that feel
1: yeah very great um I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry. But Good. You know I what's going to... So, okay. So here's what happened, right? So we changed in Europe. We changed from summertime to wintertime. Yeah. And in Arizona, they change from something to something, but it doesn't make a difference. And it's really confusing. So, uh, yeah. Basically, the result of that is that we will start one hour earlier for people in Europe.
0: So can I explain and this in a sometimes way Sometimes
1: that... earlier for some people in the U.S. and sometimes not. And they have to figure it out. So, there you go. So,
0: I, I, this was, we did this live on stream last week where I was trying to figure out the time zone stuff. And I was kind of getting I was confused. And everyone in chat was berating me for being an idiot. And it turned out that they were the idiots, as oh, usual, I th- Sindarin. I find that as, hard to believe. So, here's, here's the thing. This is why it's confusing. So, the show typically starts at 2 a.m. PST. That's Pacific Standard. Which is was eleven AM C E S T, right? You guys go to ten AM. So I understand there's an hour difference now than before. But when we change, aka America, okay, to daylight mm-hmm. savings or whatever the opposite is, I can never remember which one it is. Arizona technically never changes. People change to us and away from us. So we technically are aligned with Pacific right now for like six months. And then when we change in like a couple of weeks or whatever it is, we're aligned with mountain standard, but it's still Arizona time. We never have to reset our clocks. Does that make sense?
1: So you're the Greenwich of the US. Whatever that means, sure. Well, do you, have you heard of GMT? Yes. It's like the universal time measurement of the world. Yes. That's Greenwich Mean Time. That's a line that goes through Greenwich, which is a city in England. And kind of oh. everybody adjusts to them, right? That's cool. I actually don't know what they do about summertime, but I think when it's summertime in Europe, our time is GMT plus two, and when it's not, it's GMT plus one. I'm pretty sure. So I think GMT stays the same, but I could be wrong.
0: Hopefully one day we won't have to deal
1: with this. Maybe there are time changes too. I don't fucking know. You know what'll what wake you up,
0: Cinderin, and what'll make you forget yeah. up at this terrible conversation we started this podcast with, and just everyone's turned it off by now. But
1: time we'll zones are on. always super confusing and should be eliminated. Okay, we can keep time zones, just not changes. Just you know why don't
0: you stable. why don't you go on a rant? This could be your rant for once.
1: My rant. Time zone confusing, very bad. I'm big angry. Please stop changing the time. Just keep it as it is. Who needs to save an hour of electricity anymore it's outdated it's obsolete kill it already thank you wow i
0: I felt so much aggression in your voice i've never heard you so angry in my life
1: Ah, i was actually really upset could you imagine getting up today i was so tired and i had to do it for this because if i got up at my normal time you were like it's too late which it really would have been so i understand that it's not
0: being it's not me being a melodramatic piece of garbage it 3 a.m is a little late you know, I'd like to get to bed at some point, but we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes in the future Cinder. But this will wake you up. I promise. We got some okay. reviews. How about you take oh, a I couple of them? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Please do me the honors. There's, there's four reviews. By the way, oh, I just want to say there were a couple reviews that, uh, thanks to you, of course, were four star reviews that I will not be really? reading because they're four-star reviews. And then there was one person that said they gave us a four-star review that actually gave us a one-star review. Fuck you. Cinderen. <laughs> read these five-star great reviews of this
1: podcast. Wait, okay, give me a second. Were none of the four-star reviews good? No, I'm not. I refuse to read them. Wow, okay, that's very... Okay, Slacks very has to figure it out. Slacks was right the whole time. Okay, I'll read the bottom two. Sure. Actually, no. I'll read the top and the bottom one. Okay, whatever All you right. want. We got one that says "less than three. That's a har- from H- Harsh Haas Haas via Apple Podcast. Totally not a throwaway account. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. ASMR voice puts me to sleep, and since Sinner never speaks, I am able to fall asleep. Thank you for the great podcast. Always look forward to the next one. Yeah. That's Sleeping is great. So maybe if you if this helps you fall asleep a lot, you could play back our old episodes and fall asleep. Maybe you can find like your favorite one where SunSpan talks for like five minutes straight and then you could fall asleep to that every night. That's great. Um, 2K Scrubby. Oh, you, this is absolutely you, also not a... Can you
0: go away from your mic just a bit? It's a little too intense right now. That rant really got you excited.
1: <sighs> you wanted the rant now you got it. Now you don't like it anymore. Okay. Um right so 2k scrubby sounds like another throwaway we're very important to you guys tuesday pick me up podcast good podcast for getting me into tuesday morning work (laughs) i have to drink extra coffee so sin doesn't put me to sleep wait now it's my turn (laughs) (laughs) during each episode and when it's finished i have so much energy from all the coffee i get actual work done Thanks, guys, and I can't wait to hear the incoming rant about the sun's drama at the start of next episode.
0: Oh, he's too got bad.
1: It. We were talking about time zones, which is way more important than fucking basketball.
0: Well, um, you you didn't read the outline in its completion center because there's I, I definitely know you want to. Coming.
1: I know you want to talk about it, but I will interrupt you. Yes. With anytime you start talking about basketball, I will bring it over to time zones. Nobody wants to hear that, Cinder. All
0: right, another review done. from Marcus RZ from Denmark. You didn't want to read your own goes the Danish review. one. I didn't see that until
1: now. That's looking fine. forward that's
0: to the looking forward to thus every week. So I've been thinking of what funny thing I should say in my review for a while now. I can't remember. A great podcast, sooner. You've always been my favorite Dota person. Well, maybe except Dendi.
1: Oh, okay. I I'll take a second okay place to Dendi
0: yeah yeah me too
1: thank you Uh, thank you very much marcus
0: next review from and last one from ivan chez g from mexico bueno five-star review i love going to work on tuesdays because that is the day that i listen to the podcast instead of working the duo of suns fan and cinder is great they have great chemistry i love the dynamic podcast which goes something like this suns fan will start a topic give his opinion make some random rants and then ask cinder in his opinion wait before you
1: continue with this review yeah I think maybe we shouldn't read this one out because he's basically figured out the script. So (laughs) we should just keep this.
0: I want everyone to know so that it seems like we...
1: This guy's work, he is a detective. It says further down in the review... (laughs) Uh, and we will not be reading out the rest of it because it will will ruin the magic for everyone
0: else. will proceed Mm. to answer using his brain, good logic, and well-thought-out arguments. If (laughs) Sunsan agrees, he will say something like, I agree, good sir, and move on to the next topic. If Sunsan disagrees, he will say something like, Oh my god, I can't believe you. You are so fucking stupid. No disrespect. And move on to the next topic. Keep up the good work and making my Tuesday so fun. I also have the two shows. I lo- also love the two shows where you had guests. Keep them coming. P.S. Cinderin, please never watch in Bruges to keep the meme alive. Thank you guys. Very nice. Oh Sindarin. man. Cinderin. So okay. I was actually debating whether I wanted to talk about this because I feel like I could talk about this forever. I'm going to try to make it
1: short, but okay, I want to give have you a an recap idea. of something. I have an idea for this. Okay, okay We haven't sure. done this before. I will put you on a timer specifically and when time runs out you have to stop talking about it. i'll give you warnings okay Wait, how long do i get i'll figure that out right now all right let's see i will give you one minute 30 seconds all
0: right but there is something that is worth talking about afterwards that
1: you will want to talk about i think you'll be asking about, me questions about it about basketball technically yes i find that highly doubt okay Hi- so here doubt. we go start, start the clock start the clock okay three two one go so
0: as everybody knows, the Suns uh, have been a horrendous team for the past decade. Their expectations were quite low. Wait, All the... wait a
1: second. I failed to start the alert.
0: <sighs> I don't give a shit. Just don't me talking and <laughs> rant, for God's sake. The expectations were quite low. Even the critics gave us an F for the summer because they don't know shit. And the Suns have been doing very well, Cinder. In game one, they destroyed the Sacramento Kings by 30 points, Cinder. Can you believe it? Unbelievable. I know. It was so good, actually. It was so unexpected. That they drug-tested one of our players, and he's now suspended for 25 (laughs) games. (laughs) It gets better. We played Denver the next day, which is a very tough team. They might win the championship. We lost by one, thanks to the refs being awful as usual. Uh, The third game, we played the Clippers, who are another team that could win the championship. We beat them by eight. And then the game today, which I was very angry with, we lost by one point again so we're 2-2. Two and two. We should be 4-0 and oh because the refs, again, have rigged the NBA, Sindarin. They have rigged everything for the Suns. It's a disgrace. I've been tweeting about it. I hate the fucking refs in the NBA. They suck.
1: 30 seconds. That's it. That's it?
0: Well, the thing I wanted to talk about with you is the player that got suspended is actually a really important player named DeAndre Ayton. You remember I talked about him last year. We drafted him number one. It was our first number one pick ever. A lot of expectations. Mm -hmm. He got suspended for taking a diuretic. What do you think about that? What's that? A diuretic is something you take to flush your system. Okay, so it's like diarrhea. (laughs) Technically, like coffee is technically a diuretic, but it wouldn't come up as, you know, the the test you take wouldn't go positive unless you drink a shit ton of coffee. So the idea... The reason that it's a banned substance is because if somebody takes steroids, for example, mm-hmm. and then they take a diuretic, it flushes them out of the system. But That's what I, I thought. The thing that uh, I'm pretty sure I'm correct about this, but I'm not 100%. I, again, you never know like what source to believe on stuff like this. Apparently, mm-hmm. according to a lot of sources, the technology is there that they can still tell if you have substances in your bloodstream such as that. They've just gotten more advanced. So flushing it isn't enough. But they retested him with those same instruments, and they found no traces of anything, just a diuretic. Right. But he's he's now suspended for basically a third of the season, like till mid-December. And it was a crushing blow, but we still have been winning without him. So, I don't know. I found that interesting. Okay, it's the so seventh longest the suspension question? in NBA history. No, I just... Have You ever? You heard said of you wanted my
1: opinion b- on something. Do you want my opinion on whether that was fair or stupid or whether you should not shit yourself? Hey, what do you want to know?
0: Well, okay, if what I'm saying is true, which I'm not sure it is, but let's, mm-hmm. say, I'm, let's say it's correct that they can still tell, right? Do you yeah. feel that sticking to the letter of the law is more important than saying, hey, I guess we can actually tell now if we can see these substances. Perhaps you don't deserve a 25-game ban, which is kind of ludicrous. Like, I even think you 10 should rewrite
1: like, the rules if technology changes. That's how it works with everything, right? Like, why are the right. rules still the same if the technology well, has changed? I don't understand.
0: So the rules, they never change in the middle of the season. That's the point, right? So Oh, so I'm the technology
1: just, was developed in the last two weeks. No. I'm, well, then sure they could you, have fucking rewritten the rules before the season began. Okay, fine. I mean, right? Writh?
0: No, I, I don't disagree. Isn't this, just, shouldn't
1: this be like a conversation between the people that do the drug testing for the official championships and the rule makers like we have this new technology you have a rule that is now outdated it should be rewritten because we can do this and this like i mean it's also possible know, that, that, that there are some happening.
0: substances they still can't see when you take a diuretic i have no idea that's just what i read i don't know if it's true but either way even just taking right. a diuretic 25 games is pretty extreme like super well, extreme
1: the question is
0: well, look at okay, it this way. So, hold on, hold on, hold
1: on. Okay, One how constipated was he? Because he, <laughs> he knows the risk, okay? Let's remember this. Unless this guy flat out just doesn't know the rules. If you know the risk, you need to be like, okay, I need to take a shit so bad right now that I'm willing to gamble away a third of the season for it.
0: Right. I mean, they take random drugs. I was about to say, to say could
1: you them. imagine that? But you probably could. But could other I people could. imagine I had to do that a like couple weeks ago, actually. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. No, but, but seriously, like, isn't there, so for example, in other sports, right, you can have a prescription for uh, ADHD medicine if you need it, right? If you're, it's not, a, you're not allowed to take it if you're not, uh, if it's not prescribed to you, but mm. if you can have a prescription if you need it for your everyday life. If this guy has some sort of a problem, couldn't he get like a He doesn't letter written by a doctor it, or yes, something? He could, but he for? doesn't.
0: If that was the case, it wouldn't right. be a
1: problem. But here's Wait, the thing. So, so the is, question is still the same. Then why why did he do it? We don't know. Why do, it, did he know the rules first of Probably. all? Probably. Like, do they know? I don't
0: know? It could be ignorance. I don't know. He's just a kid. Uh-huh. He's like 19 years old. He's dumb.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's like our players in Dota. Some of them are very no, young and inexperienced. True. I'm with not things, saying right? he didn't do something so dumb. Maybe he it was know.
0: obviously you're getting paid millions of dollars. It's stupid to do that. But here's my last argument. And then we'll close. Hmm. How many years has the NBA been a thing? It's been like 70 years-ish, something like that. This is the seventh longest suspension of all time, not including right. like permanent bans. That's ridiculous. You have people that beat was, their fucking wives. But maybe it was the
1: third longest shit of all time.
0: That That's possible. So then it's
1: still an accomplishment. <laughs> what?
0: Why are you turning into me all of a sudden? I don't understand. All right. There's people that beat their Dude, wives. It's literally about ten. taking a
1: shit. What else would I
0: talk about? 10 game suspension for beating your wife versus 25 for taking a diuretic. That's stupid, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's pretty stupid. And I will end with that. Okay. I mean, okay, give me a second here.
0: (laughs) I hate you. I hate you so much.
1: What gives you a bigger competitive advantage? Beating your wife or taking a shit?
0: Taking a shit, apparently.
1: There you go. That's why.
0: Man, you should be the commissioner of the NBA. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh ESL one Hamburg, my friend. Let's start with some yes. dotes.
1: Yeah. Uh, please I, please say Hamburg or Hamburg. Okay. Not ESL not Hamburg.
0: Hamburger.
1: Nice. Very
0: happened. Good. Uh TNC one three two three two over Gambit in the grand finals. I again yep. watch zero of these games because my schedule is perfectly aligned with not watching Dota right now.
1: Outstanding. I can give How you did you a like quick, this tournament? I'll give you a quick breakdown, because we like to just quickly go over the main storylines, right? Yeah. Uh, the last tournament we talked about was one where Liquid, which is the old alliance, uh, failed to show up. They were literally there, but they didn't play very well. They got, I think, last place. And they were going to shape up for this tournament. And unfortunately, they got last place again. So... Considering how good Alliance were toward the end of the last season, they cannot be happy with this. The the players cannot be happy with it. The org cannot be happy with it. Uh, a name like Liquid is not meant to be at the bottom of the scoreboard. Especially not in tournaments like this. Like All the teams that are there are not Tier 1 whatsoever. There are a couple of Tier 1 teams, but hmm. a lot of them should be teams that Alliance beat on paper. or Sorry, Liquid now. Beat on paper. But they didn't. They got last again. Um, so, another bad run for Liquid. Um, I think we need to see them get some results pretty soon. They did qualify for the Major, so they're definitely going to be playing that in less than a month's time. And I think that's the big test where they need to show up. And if they don't, uh, maybe something has to be done. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the sad story of the tournament, so to speak. I mean, would you do something um, this
0: early? Would you make changes mm, this
1: early? It depends, because you know, the, the orc can have different mentalities, and so can the players. The players have been grinding, right? But I think there's a difference between what old Alliance had to do was they had to work their way up, right? And they did. They worked their way up over a year and a half of playing together. They got better and better and eventually started making big tournaments. Then they're there. I think it's different when you are on that level and you just plummet instantly to the bottom. And you're there. And you're there again. And what if you're there a third time? Are you like, okay, we can work our way up again? Or you're like, we worked so hard to get to the top and once we made it, we're back to to you know to ground zero like that's that's rough um maybe i don't know uh, it's just it's speculation right um i think liquid is a slightly different beast as an org than alliance were in terms of let's say uh the power of the name patience perhaps like again i i don't know it it could be that they're like guys take your time you can play for a year if things don't go well it's okay we know we believe in your potential but you could also understand from liquid's perspective that perhaps they're like We're a really fucking big name. We've been to two TI finals and won one of them. We are not supposed to have a team that places at the bottom of the board. So, um, we'll see about that. That's the bad news from that tournament. Uh, The second bad news was that Quincy Crew, the team with CCNC, CCNC got sick and couldn't play. So, uh, they got a default loss against NIP and all the other games, I think some male played instead. And they also did not do too well. They did not get out of groups either. They got ninth, tenth. Why was Samail the there? Place. Uh, good question. I actually don't know. <clears throat> I know he was there. I think he w- he was coaching them actually, um, in an official capacity. Maybe something contractual. I don't know. Or maybe uh, he just felt like going to hang out with his brother. Um, but either way, they yeah did not do too well. Um, third negative, I suppose. Nip got seventh, eighth. Don't think they're happy with that. Um, they got out of groups, but then they got basically wait did they get out of groups hang on Looks i'm like misreading it. this aren't i they did no, they get out of out groups but they lost the their lower first bracket. match 2-0. right yeah, yeah. yeah um and then the the question marks vp and vici gaming right vici gaming had a stand-in they have a new player and vp have the new roster we didn't really know how it was going to go vici gaming and vp both got fifth sixth uh, probably would have expected vici to do a bit better than that overall vp Big question mark for me. I think their performance was a bit unstable, uh, but they actually got better during the tournament, so that get, has me hopeful that they will get better and better with these new players. Uh, and then finally, the top four, Beast Coast. Old Anvergesa got fourth. They played great Dota. They have a very distinct style, which is always cool to see. New Alliance is still showing good form. They got top three. Um, <clears throat> last we talked about them, they won the previous land. so very good stuff from them once again. Gambit took second. Uh, their new players... Uh, especially GPK has been getting a lot of praise, but both GPK and Dream, their two new core players, played really, really well. Uh, position one and two, and then finally, like you said, TNC clinching the victory. Um, again, they also have new new a new roster. They have March. Can you move as your captain. mic
0: a little bit more away from and your face? It's back to normal again.
1: Uh,
0: there you go. I can turn Yeah, they have March
1: as captain now, and uh, they brought in KP. And the offlane. We've talked about this roster before, having potential, and they showed yep. it this tournament. Very good win for them. So, gives us a bit of an idea of power rankings going into the major. Um, I think a team like TNC is definitely one you would consider a favorite. Alliance looked good. I don't know if Gambit qualified for that one. Actually, I have to check that. Uh, but yeah, I that's am happy the, to see March back version. in the
0: in the fray, though. He's definitely somebody yeah. that needs to be in the Dota scene. So. He's a fam- yeah. Gambit won
1: sure. the qualifiers for CIS, by the way, just to get that out of the way. So yeah, okay. they will be wow. there too.
0: Very good. So that was yep. ESL one hamburger, delicious, yes. delicious mm. fucking hamburger. Lovely. Uh, ESL also had another announcement, which is very interesting, called the ESL Academy. Did you look into this at all? This very, very little cool. bit. Yeah. So the idea is you take players that are up and comers not on teams, you uh have them go through like a kind of a leaderboard type thing and you have them come to an actual LAN which will be like one of the ESL ones I believe. And you have a coach coaching them, hopefully a high profile coach, and they play in the finals. It just sounds like a cool way to get like the tier 2 scene. I don't know if he's even considered the tier 2 scene, but whatever scene that is, the up and comers, the yeah. amateurs into the next level like because right now it just feels like a lot of it has to do with at least in the past it's always been like mmr the high mmr guys occasionally will get picked up Mm -hmm. now you kind of want to play in parties which i feel like ostracizes some people from because if they don't have friends within the scene already it's all a networking game already then it just gets right. harder and harder for up-and-comers to actually get to that next level. Um, so I thought this is a really cool idea. But we'll see what happens. So actually I'm
1: looking happens. at this, I'm looking at this chart for how it's supposed to work, right? And it says mm-hmm. starting next month, you compete on reach.gg and then it says make the cut, which is if you get top 40 per region, you get into the next stage in January called team draft. Two teams of five per region. So you make top 40. And then you can get drafted into one of two teams with five. Yeah. So technically, it's only ten people. Yeah. So making top forty is not a guarantee. You need to be in one of those two five-man teams, mm-hmm. which then go to coaching and, and then go me, to the offline final.
0: I don't know how you feel as a player. Actually, you can give your perspective on this idea. The whole idea of drafting, from a spectator mm-hmm. standpoint, from a commentator standpoint, is unbelievable. It's actually like the toppest of top tier in terms of entertainment quality. Like, not to go back to the NBA, but they recently switched mm-hmm. to something that the NHL did, which is the teams would actually draft themselves. You get a captain on the team, and they just pick the players that they want on their team, It's and they televise it now. So it's super, super fun to watch, and it's always interesting to see the storylines of who wants to play with who. From a player perspective, though, I could see this not being something that they would like.
1: What are your thoughts? And I And it's... <clears> t- <throat> It's the player pool as well, right? The reason it's exciting in the NBA and the NHL or whatever is that it's top-tier players drafting top-tier players, right? So it's really exciting. This is, I mean, no need to sugarcoat it, right? This is third division drafting each other um, because the top players will not be playing in this. So I don't think this draft will be particularly exciting for anybody outside of the group of people that are in the draft themselves hoping to get picked. But my question is, who's doing the drafting? Is it the is it the first place and the second place of the cut thing that get to draft for the players? Or, My understanding uh, how, is that... How, it, how does this work? Wouldn't it be the coach
0: in this instance? They want to get pros to coach, right? Could be. It so could they be could the be drafting... It's just
1: not specified, yeah. I think. So, so this is something
0: bit. that I feel like once it starts happening, we can start talking about it kind of you know, every now and then just to see how they actually implement it because the execution is pretty important. But I think, mm-hmm. like from an idea standpoint, this is a cool idea. I just need to see it, you know? Like, yeah. I love the draft idea. I, love, I, I know that a lot of players are going to feel left out, but
1: this is something that nobody else is doing. And that's the important thing, right. I feel like. Um, there's, there's an argument both for and against. The argument for is it's a really good way for individual players of trying to get discovered and do their best playing a grind in this kind of league system. The downside is, if this is meant to help Tier 2 Dota, you could argue that instead of this, you should make a league for the Tier 2 teams to play in and then have an offline finals for that. Mm. Because then already, you know the Tier 2 teams that have been working for this, that have still not quite broken into the high ranks will be able to play this tournament. Without a doubt, generating better games that are more entertaining and are more relatable for the fans because they know the players, to an extent at least. Uh, And then they would go into an offline final. So it's kind of about what you're trying to do here. If what you're trying to do is help, um, how to say, help people that are basically not in the system at all get into it, it's great. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to help the people that are not fully living off Dota, but would like to get there, I don't think this is the ideal way of doing it. But either way, I'm super happy that there's an initiative to try to promote talent getting a chance to play Um <clears throat> And I'm not talking about commentary talent, okay? Before somebody makes that awful joke, really bad joke. Um, but I want to join the team. Then, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, I'm I'm just super happy to see stuff like this. I was very happy when I saw it, um, and I hope it's a success so that we can either get more of this or some of the other stuff that I just mentioned, and just in general more attention toward it. Um, and I think. Perhaps the biggest thing about this overall, regardless of what format they have chosen, is if they do proper commentary and proper production on it, that has a huge impact on viewership. Um, so it, it makes a very big difference for a Tier 2 game, whether it's cast by Toby or if it's cast by an up-and-coming unknown caster. Because right. you know people will just watch just for Toby, even if it's teams they don't know, as an example. Um, so if they get good commentators for this and ESL have them right they have had countless events with Toby with Capitalist with Blitz uh wonder if Blitz will be one of the coaches <laughs> he does a little bit of everything <laughs> um but yeah we'll see it's it's cool it's still you know it's still in the idea stage in the sense that yes they have planned out the schedule but they haven't really explained the details very well so right. who knows what they're going to do with it but it's a good initiative
0: yep i'm looking forward to that and yep. Good I mean, well, stuff. well, this is the big test for the community. They've been wanting this kind of thing, maybe not in this exact format, but this idea of helping the up and comers. But then in the past they've never actually put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, right? Yes. It's like, oh, I want I want to support this, but then they just don't watch the games. Well, this is your chance to do just that. And ESL is actually putting resources in it, so that's very cool. Okay. Moving forward, Kuroki made a tweet. First, he said, congratulations to TNC for their awesome win. Impressive run by FNG and Gambit as well. A small update from us. I like how he included this in part of his tweet. I found
1: that. One second before we finish this tweet. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations to TNC. Impressive run by FNG and Gambit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: is interesting. I didn't even catch that.
1: Okay, so, you know, you could draw drama from this if you wanted to, and I don't. I, I hate taking things out of context like this, so I won't. I think I, I think what to. he means, either Kuroki and FNG are on good terms and they, you know, uh, have talked a lot to each other at events, or they're just friends or whatever, so he wanted to give him a special shout-out, or he is especially impressed with what FNG has managed to do, which is basically after a really sad last season where their team kind of split up and we had this drama with the TI qualifiers where one of their players Rage quit a game and whatnot. Uh, he wanted to give him a special shout-out for his rebuilding efforts, and I can completely understand that. However, if you didn't know what has happened in the past or this relation, you read this tweet, you're like, why is FNG getting highlighted out of his team? <laughs> right. But, yeah. It's... It but just he did follow it up with...
0: with this, it's funny that you caught that because I thought it was weird to put this in the same tweet, the following. A small update from us. We will... Announce our new organization before the next major slash minor qualifiers. The team stays the same. Thank you for your patience. So that means Weha, right. essentially. That was the big question mark, I suppose. Yes. I mean, I thought he was going to stay for sure. But I guess with Sumail, those rumors, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's and good Matumbaman. to see. And
1: Matumba Man. Yeah, there's always rumors with Matumba Man. Um, is... Right. So when is the next major minor qualifier is the question? Because then we have like a deadline here. Uh, I don't know when they Soon-ish. are. I know the majors are in November, mm-hmm. so the the qualifiers for the next minor major is probably mid December mm. or early January. So, oh, if it's the, early January, wow, month and a half to go, at least. Probably it
0: takes time to build us. an org. Maybe we got to get them. Col- what colors do you want, Sindarin? You want to predict colors?
1: Uh, but doesn't every org just go blue? Nowadays, isn't that what you do?
0: So you look at all the colors that all the teams do. The question is, are you looking just for Dota right now? Or are you thinking global esports?
1: Well, there is also the other possibility that they try to build their own thing and they don't like it, or they realize there's too much administration. Or it's too much of a hassle, and they're just like, you know, what we had this idea, we don't do it, and they find something else. That is mm-hmm. also a possibility, right? Because I mean, once you've made this decision, you can't, you can't just backtrack and be like, hey, liquid, take us back. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe you could,
0: but you could probably if they're if liquid's um, still struggling at that point. I don't. But think But there the is case. obviously
1: there are bigger there are a few arguably only very few bigger fish than liquid, but there are, for example, Cloud Nine, uh, technically is assessed a higher value, mm. uh, but. We, we definitely think they're making their own org. I just wanted to mention it because just because OG did it, it doesn't mean it's for everybody, right? It sounds great. Uh, you get to be your own boss. You don't, you don't have to do a lot of the contractual stuff that maybe you have to do if there's an org. There's no like, middleman when it comes to your salary or whatever you want to call it. But it is also an extra workload. And either you have to pay people to do that for you or you have to put in extra work. And that's not for everybody, you know? You need people that want to do that stuff and feel like it's rewarding and worth it, or you just it just takes away from their energy when they show up for practice, right? If everybody fucking hates administration and somebody has to do the administration, then, you know, it's, it wears you down. I you think it's going to work out. This is, so.
0: like, this is not like one of those spur-of-the-moment decisions. <laughs> this is like, like years in the making. I think with some of the business minds yeah. that they have, I think they're going to be fine.
1: Uh, it's all oh, about. I when, have when no do you doubt become... in my mind that they can do it. It's about <clears throat> motivation and how much they're going to enjoy it. Right? You and know, I, this happens to a lot of stuff where you're like, "Oh, I want to do this," and then when you start, as like, ah, "Okay, maybe not." You know? Well, that's like, that's why I'm questioning whether that.
0: it's truly going to be player owned or will it be a hybrid? Because. We've talked about this before many times. Mm -hmm. I think hybrid is the only way that it's actually Mm. sustainable. Like, if you make a player run org and it's successful, you can hold Mm. out for a while to get a bigger buyout to get like half of your company sold. But the whole goal is to sell it to somebody, right? That's usually the goal for Mm, these quote unquote hybrid startups. So they could just start (laughs) with that right off the bat as well. If Cloud9 wants to jump in and say, hey, Maybe they won't be called Cloud. No, I don't think Kuroki would be fine with anybody's name other than what he wants to be put mm-hmm. on it, right? So it would just be like one of those partnerships as opposed to I, right. we own the team.
1: But so how was it it went with OG? Did they get the big sponsorship from Red Bull? Was that from the start? It was no. later, right? Later, yeah. It was like a it year or two. It took a while. Major. It was, it was after they won one or two majors, I think, that they announced that partnership. Right. It was either after yeah. the so second major they or after similar.
0: four majors, but... It was right. after they were super successful already. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cora but the question, the, same way. the question again, Sindron, and we're gonna make we're gonna have point system for this. Colors, mm-hmm. pick two colors.
1: Okay, that need to be in the logo together, and they're the only two colors in the no, logo.
0: No, 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 not. Th- There's always gonna be more than two colors. The two okay. main colors that they will
1: choose. Okay. I need to look up a color circle. I'm sure Kuroki would do that.
0: All right. If I choose something, you can't choose it. Is that fair?
1: Can I choose neither of the colors or just not the combination?
0: Not the combination.
1: Okay. You can choose first.
0: But don't be a piece of garbage and just choose one of the... I mean, don't, don't be that guy, okay? I think... <laughs> if, okay, if I was building a new team and it was just right. for Dota, because if you think about other esports, other games, it's just too much, right? You can just pick whatever uh-huh. colors at that point. In Dota, the color that's lacking the most is purple right purple with i think like a black trim Fuck. black is a secondary color i think it's i was actually beautiful. gonna say
1: red and black so now it's that's like too close no that's that fine my... no
0: that's not too close red and black's fine
1: you said don't be that guy it's that's, literally the same color no, 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 and one no. that's very close on the color circle
0: because black is the secondary color i'm just saying don't pick purple and gray don't be that guy red oh, and black okay. is not totally different color. yeah so okay I feel like that's mouse sports, though. Does he want, really want to go back to mouse sports after all those years of torture for Kuroki and you?
1: Mm, are they really red and black
0: anymore, uh, though? They might
1: be white and red, actually. That I think, I think they're, just, they're just flat-out red. Let's be real, Cinderin, Out of white all, white all the colors
0: that you could choose, red has got to be the most boring. It's way overdone. It's not mm, cool anymore.
1: I feel like the big I'd names right now, a lot of them have blue. Oh, yeah, poop brown. Very what
0: nice. is up with it? Do you need to go to the bathroom or something? You just really <clears throat> no, got this on your mind. No,
1: I'm just talking to you. So I'm, you know.
0: See, that's not fair because I, people think that I'm into that stuff, which is fine because I do like talking about it, but I don't bring it up but, anymore. You bring it up. I don't, I don't do anything anymore. Look,
1: this is a very normal thing in <laughs> society is when you talk to people. You kind of adjust for the people you talk to. (laughs) And when I talk to you, You I, you know, I adjust what I talk about to the person.
0: If I talk
1: to some, if I were to talk to somebody in public, I would not have said poop brown when we were talking about colors for a logo. Obviously. But for you, it feels so natural. I was like,
0: it is a natural thing. So is that your second guess?
1: Brown? No, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) It's not. But why right, am I so giving a second guess now? I no, still you don't have to. I still so think red, red and black. black. Is good.
0: Okay, I'll go purple, yeah, black. Probably. We'll see who's right. Just remember this because I'll probably forget in the next hour. Okay, so moving on uh, to Dota Underlords. They came out with their mega, ginormous, huge, gigantic patch. The patch of all patches, if you will. This is, and we talked about it, this is the update that
1: was going to make or break this game. At least right. that's what I thought. Did you think the same? So- I can't remember. Pretty much. Um, at least, I, I don't know if I thought it was going to make or break the game, but it had me excited because of a lot of the stuff they announced sounded really cool. Um, yeah. I just want to say before we go through all of this, I think instead of going through every single new unit and all of the abilities that they have and everything, let's try to look at the big picture because there's too much. Like there are so yeah, that's many fine. new things. Um, so the big things, I'll give my big things from the list that you wrote down here and then you can yeah. add to it whatever you want. Uh, first of all we have the freestyle mode i think we we touched on that a little bit last week where it's this sandboxing mode where you can try out combinations you can test how they work see how they face up against different levels and other lineups Um, so that's that's a cool way of being able to theorycraft for people and build and develop new strategies where there's not the pressure of having to win maybe you discover something new uh, and that can be really rewarding Uh, There's some new alliances. There's a lot of new heroes within those alliances. Then there's the jail concept that we talked about last week as well, where a certain part of the unit pool is unavailable every day, and it changes daily. So that forces you to, again, think outside the box with strategy. You can't always go for the same, because one day one of your key units will not be available. Then for me, in terms of gameplay, so far with what I've mentioned, the biggest thing is the Underlords themselves. Now you get a hero, basically, in your lineup. Uh, That you can place on the board and this hero can level up during the game and get new abilities. Uh, And you can strategize. You have options to choose from. Think talents in Dota, basically. Whenever you level up, you get to choose between uh, a set number of different options. Whereas in Dota, yeah, you get to choose between spells, I suppose. But this is very different because you can't go back and select the spell you didn't take. You've made a choice, Mm -hmm. right? You don't get offered the same one again. Um, so it's kind yeah. of like And <clears throat> with sense. the
0: Underlords, I was actually a little surprised they only came out with two. But right now there's only two. Yeah, uh, One of them, them is called Nessix. She basically summons things that fight for her. They're literally uh, mm-hmm. necro creeps. And then the other yep. one is named Hobgen, which he's just like a pyromaniac. He just yep. throws fire everywhere. So it's, and they're it's very, pretty cool.
1: They're very impactful. The idea of this is very good for the game, I think. And when you add more Underlords, it gets more uh personalized, it gets more creative with strategies, and you you know you choose your hero kind of that you want to master. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that's very limited when you can only master one of two. Um, so uh, I'm sure they will be making more of those later on and that will be really good. Um, yes. Okay, now I want to go I don't know if I want to call this a rant, but this is the um, I think I have a really good perspective on this just because of how this happened for me. So I played my last game of Underlords at TI. Until a couple of days ago, this Friday, I think it was, so yeah, four days ago, I played an underlords game again after this big patch came out. Um, so I tried it out, and I think sometimes when you know this is the classic thing where you go back and visit uh, your parents or whatever, and some some neighbor or something sees you and they haven't seen you for two years, and they're like, "Wow, you've grown so much," or, "Wow, you look so different." And you're like, I didn't notice What happened that to your gra- face? Yeah, because you yeah. gradually, you know, you see yourself gradually and things change gradually. So it doesn't look that big. But when you take, when you stop and you come back after X time, things will look a lot more impactful to you maybe than they do to other players that play consistently. So my perspective on this is pretty much along the lines of you come back and somebody hasn't seen you for two years. So they are like, wow, it's so different.
0: Why do you so think that me- is? Hold on. Before you go any further, why do you think mm-hmm. that that's actually the case? I don't think that's true at all. How I think mean things that? actually change that drastically in terms of the way, what you're going to be talking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe this, I'm just saying, if, if this was the a gradual, day before, tra- if this was a gradual transition of some sort, then I wouldn't know. If it was flat out just from one to the other, then yeah, yes. then everybody has the same perspective. Is that how it was? It was, was okay. yes. Well, it was still a cool story. We're right? talking about the okay, UI, so anyway, by the way. <laughs> yes. So we're going to, now we'll get to it. The UI got hardcore reworked, in my opinion. It's very different. Um, yeah. And personally, the way it is, so the way it was before, it was very Dota-like with health bars, with the units themselves, with I felt like the art style was leaning more toward Dota. And I think the best way I can explain it now, the art style leans more toward mobile. Yes. I don't know if that's a fair way to say it, but that's kind of what it feels like. That's like the very artwork fair. is a bit more yes. that like colorful, kind of cartoony a bit um sizes are different the health bars look like something out of a mobile game rather than something out of Dota and my tldr on the new ui versus the old one is that the new one is more cluttered harder to follow i don't like the color scheme as much and i think there's it's not i don't think the sizes of things correspond to how important they are necessarily in the game i think it's it's harder to keep track and you add all of that on top of the fact that you add all this new complexity. You added new units, you added new alliances, you added heroes. Um, And now, while you dump all of that on people, you also change the way the game looks, which, it's a a matter of taste, right? It's the classic thing. When something changes, everybody's like, oh, I want the old one back. That happens all the fucking time. When Twitter changes layout, when Facebook changes layout, when any of your apps update, you're like, I want the old one back because you're used to it, and that's very normal. I will almost guarantee you that if they keep this design for the next month, I will still want the old one back. I just, I feel like this is inferior to me when I look at it. I What I really enjoyed about the old art style and the old design was that I felt it was very easy to follow what was going on and keep track of it. It was very, like, it was clean. It's the best way I can explain. It was very well designed, and that's also one of Dota's strengths, in my opinion, is the game is very complicated, but the sounds are very distinct, the animations are very distinct, and it's, if you know what's happening, it's easy to tell. <clears throat> I know all of the units, more or less, in the game, and when I have a board with only units I know, against only units I know, I still couldn't tell if I was winning some of the time. Yep. I feel like that shouldn't be the case, so something, well, something must have happened. I will
0: say that, I mean, yeah, I had the same initial reaction, and I've played a lot since it's came out, I've played mm-hmm. maybe like 30 games or something like that. I can't remember. Whatever it is, it's a decent amount. Right. And I've gotten to the point where I've gotten used to it, but I still don't really like it. The UI, it's very small. A lot of people, like there was a lot of outrage, by the way. Like everyone loved everything else about the patch pretty much, which is 99% of it, or it should have been. But the UI was right. what everyone focused on, which is the negative. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, you have more information on the screen. Like, your damage is kind of consolidated to a certain area. That's so you nice. Can scroll down. The damage down.
1: thing in the corner is great. I think then that's good. Then you have these
0: underlords that take up, like, the entire screen for some reason, which begs the question, what are they going to do with cosmetics, right? I think that's mm-hmm. why they're so big is because the way that they make money, which, by the way, they haven't made any money on this game yet, but they will probably add cosmetics for these underlords that they want you to show off, which makes sense why this thing takes up fucking half the screen. Um But I agree like the board itself is extremely busy. You have the heroes themselves that look like they feel like they look different. I just can't pinpoint what it is. And I basically said the same thing that you did. It just looks more mobile, which I'm not a fan Mm -hmm. of that art style. Personally, I know that I'm probably if you take into the grand scheme of things, I'm in the minority. I think we're both are. But yeah, probably. I still dislike it. It's like League of Legends type stuff. I just don't like the look of it. That's why when they came out with the outlines when the first game first came out, I really disliked that. That was like hardcore dislike. And this one is more on medium, I suppose. But the actual battles, like th- there's icons everywhere. Like for some reason, they have all the mini map hero icons on the heroes themselves as well, which doesn't make sense. They have the items, the stars that are on like the opposite side that you would assume that they are. It's just Everything is Mm -hmm. like if if I'm looking at my timber saw, the first place that I look is at the top, for the stars, and it's Mm -hmm. actually the stars of the person that's in front of me, so it's just completely backwards to what I'm used to. This is after like 30 games; I'm still not used to that. It's very cluttered, right? And then they've got like a lot of the uh, the effects that were there have gone, so you have like this new stun effect that looks very cartoony, and for crits, there's no crit animation right now. You actually can't tell really when. An Assassin right. is critting. It's really weird. And I still can't put my finger on the, the art style changes that they made. It just looks weird. And like the the top-down view is different. You can scroll up and down, but it just looks like you're at a different angle that I'm not really a big fan of. And then you talked about the color scheme. It's like these neon colors that do not fit in the game at all. It's really weird. Like these vibrant purple for the shop icon or whatever it is. Just completely right. random. And there's been a lot of complaints. I haven't actually opened it on my mobile device, but I've heard it's, for some people, it's literally unplayable. Other people's like, it's just, everything is so small. Uh, I can't speak for that. But mm-hmm. of the entire patch, we're gonna get to the good thing. We left the best thing for last, but the UI, I, and I know that they're fixing it incrementally, but I'm afraid mm-hmm. that this kind of tarnished their big release,
1: you yes. know? Which I'm and I very think sad about. I, kinda, I really want to piggyback off that because I think that's a good point that if, if you make a big release like this, I feel like this is kind of a... Um, I don't know what to call it. If you want to call it a gamble or what philosophy you should apply here, but you have a game. You're like, okay, we want to do something big. We've planned this big patch. We have lots of cool content uh, that we want to put in. It's easy to say in hindsight that maybe they should have waited for it, right? But if you are trying to revitalize your game revitalizing the art style is not necessarily a bad move. It's what plenty of things have done. When you release a new patch or something big, there's something that looks different so it feels new and fresh, right, and isn't the same old. Um, And I think plenty of other games do the same. So I totally get where they're coming from with this. In this instance, when you make this much new content and gameplay, do you try to release that first and get people into all this new cool stuff with the same art, and then you can make an art patch later? or should you have done the art style patch earlier so people could get used to that before the new gameplay came out like i feel like dropping everything at once like this is a kind of big risk because if you hit if you nailed everything it's amazing right but if something is wrong that will overshadow all of the good stuff that you made and there's so much good stuff in this patch i actually think this game is very much more promising now than it was before but unfortunately i'm not extremely compelled to playing the game um it got. I, I think it gets better the more you play. Probably, like you get a better idea of what's going on. But you will. It's very unrewarding to feel like this was a game you really got. Like I was pretty good at this game uh, beforehand. I played it a lot. I really enjoyed it. You you get back to the game, and it's like not only is it more complex, which is great. It's great that there's new stuff and new stuff to learn. I love that. But it's a bit of a turnoff that you feel like you're playing a different game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you want it to be different, but you don't want it to be a completely different game. Uh, and now it's that feeling of losing track of what exactly is happening and things being a bit more cluttered, doesn't, it doesn't feel exactly like Underlords anymore while it still is. So I think for a lot of other people, this is great. But for me, it's, it's not exactly what I'd hoped for. If they implemented, to, to make it simple, if they implemented all of the changes except the UI, I would be playing it more. I'm pretty sure. Like, I would just be like, wow, this is cool. And I want to play this game. Uh, But this UI, I just hope they they change some things.
0: So one thing I will, I don't want to, I don't want to speak out of turn or assume things that I have no actual Mm -hmm. knowledge on. Like this kind of reminds me of Artifact. So in Artifact, we were in the beta and people assumed that we're out of the beta, that we didn't complain about stuff. Right, But the the truth Mm -hmm. was we did. They just didn't change the stuff that we complained about. And that was kind of the issue in the end. And then the one thing that actually quote unquote killed the game for this time period at least, monetization, we never even got to test. So for this, I'm questioning, because I'm not in the beta. Did nobody nobody say anything? Because here's the thing. Here's the difference between Artifact and literally every other game in Underlords. Underlords team has been very receptive to criticism. Yeah, They've been very Very communicative. Like, beyond belief. It's like a different, completely different company. Did nobody actually say that this UI is weird? Like, that that's the thing that I don't understand. Like, that had to have been, like, it, it's just this thing that, it's the first thing you notice, and you can't get it out of your mind, and it makes the playing experience less enjoyable, you know? Very strange.
1: And i am I'm wondering, I feel like when you make changes like this, you need to believe they have an inherent value. So... What's the value of the changed UI? Is it more appealing to casual players? Is it more appealing to players in general? Does it have better performance? Uh, Sounds like it doesn't on mobile, at least, which is a problem. Like, if you're changing the UI to make it more mobile-friendly and it isn't working on mobile, that's a pretty big problem when you launch your big patch, right? Mm. Um, So, like, we can only speculate here. What do you think they're going for? Like, what's the the big value in this? Because I don't believe that it's just the freshness factor of, oh, it's something new. I think they're specifically, strategically trying to get something out of this. But I just can't figure out exactly what it is if it's something as simple as, oh, we want it to look more casual friendly. Because I think this is less casual friendly. I think it's harder to tell what's going on, isn't it?
0: Well, I think that might like, be a byproduct of making so many changes at once. It, they could fix that, but then the art style would still be there. And that was the intent all along, is to make it more casual, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. You're appealing to people that are not Dota players. Dota players are not casual by nature. They don't give a sure. shit in theory, and they shouldn't give a shit about the current Dota player base because they don't play other games. They're but not going to play other games.
1: would you say casual players would prefer? I, I don't know. Like I'm just guessing. If you're a casual mm-hmm. player and you want to get into this game, isn't it easier to be a casual player if you feel like you somewhat get what's happening? Because right now, it feels if you're a casual player and you play a couple of games of this, maybe your mentality is just, I put some units on the board, see if I win, oh well, I didn't win, and then you play another game you just try again. But isn't part of the appeal of this kind of game that you kind of understand the impact of your strategy and you can get better without necessarily being super competitive about it, but is the mentality of very casual players in this game just buy some units, put them on the board, have some fun, and then quit? Because for me, when I, when I watch the games play out, I feel like if I don't really... And I'm a player who played over 100 hours of the old game. If I, with all my experience, go into this and play my first game on the new one, and I have a hard time understanding fights, beginners should be totally lost. They should feel like they have no control almost over what's happening in the game. That's my concern with it, is that when I played Underlords for the first time, I think this is actually a good explanation. When I played Underlords very early on, My first few games, I felt, I was obviously playing against worse players, right? But I felt like I, it was more clear to me what I was doing right and doing wrong than now, even though I'm way more experienced. There was more obvious Hmm. feedback in the game itself of, okay, I lost to this, maybe I should, right? So if you're just a beginner, is this bad? It's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's difficult, I think. I mean, to... yeah, like,
0: I, I think a good point is after the, as many games as I've played, there's still times, I mean, many times, most times where I'm like halfway through the round. I'm like, am I winning or losing? I li- I actually cannot tell. And before it was like very clear what that was going to yes, be. Yes, very clear. The end result. Uh, but having said all that, if I can transition yeah. to things that I do like, mm-hmm. which is literally everything else, by the way, this yep. DUI thing, again, a lot of everything it else. I, I still don't like, but I've overcome them for the most part. I can deal with it but I wish that they would still revert some of it back. The, I think the one thing you didn't mention, the five gold for five XP, essentially one mm-hmm. gold per XP. That's a huge yep. quality of life improvement, I think, because now you it's can easily calculate how much more you yep. need to level up. Yep. Uh, and then, like you said, the new alliances, uh, the healer one in particular, I find a lot of fun, believe it or not, as a sup- non-support player myself. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest addition for me in the game is actually, troll, uh, is actually uh, Dazzle. Getting that fifth troll, you don't have to get Troll Warlord to get the four bonus, which is the huge attack speed bonus, which is yeah. huge. Uh, that is, I love trolls back in in Auto Chess, and they've pretty much just brought that back in a little bit different way. Um, yeah. But the jail system is what really makes everything so interesting because literally every day you just look at the eight to ten heroes. You're like, okay, if you're, you can obviously just not care about it and just play, and doesn't really matter. For the most part, if you're playing casually or if you're playing a little bit more competitive, you can say, okay, <clears throat> there's no Dazzle today. That means to get four trolls, I actually have to get Troll Warlord, which means I'm not going trolls this time. Uh, if I want to go four, it's just not really feasible. So I like that a lot because it makes things just more interesting that nobody figures out the meta that fast because mm-hmm. the jail changes things every day. And then the Underlords are very interesting. Um it took a while to get used to how they worked and how to position them and what skills to take but I can see that you know especially once they add a lot more of them it's 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 a cool concept and I I do like it it's just Absolutely. like having an extra I hero I love it And then the last thing we'll talk about which is we saved it for last because it in my opinion is like the we've talked about this this term before the killer app right the the idea mm-hmm. of like Gears of War for Xbox or God of War for playstation those are killer apps those are games that you buy specifically uh, sorry you buy the system specifically for that game that's how good it is yeah. and for me the biggest reason to play this game right now is duos it is fucking so fun it's actually gotten to the point where even pros have said this they don't give a shit about solo anymore because duos <laughs> is so much more fun you share experience uh aka the levels you share units within each other. You need a lot of communication, which makes it just so much more fluid. You're actually playing a game with somebody. It makes it more fun. It's not a solo-solitaire deal. Uh, you can send gold to each other. It's, it's just... I can't tell you how much more fun I'm having playing this game. It's, it's great. You played yeah, we one tried, game with me.
1: We tried one duo last night, and I carried you, of course, as is tradition. Um, hold on, hold
0: on. Just before you go on, <laughs> this is true... But (laughs) it's only true because I sent him half of his assassins. I I kept getting assassins in my shop.
1: So when you play duos, right, and you send units to each other, I think it's almost inevitable that one of the sides will just get stronger. Like, that's kind of how every game is going to turn out. Because if you think about how it usually is when you play solo, you have some lucky runs where you get really strong boards. when When you're two people, the chance that you can combine these strong boards on one side over the other is... It's just unlikely that both of them go hand-in-hand in, hand in strength the whole time. Like there, You'll get a bit more of one type of unit than the other, and that will be your strongest side. So I had a six side with assassins and warriors, I think it was. So um, The reason that's important as well is you share the health pool, and the way it works is you play 2 versus 2 every round instead of 1 versus 1, and one of you plays against one opponent, and the other one plays against the other opponent, and it's the net sum of health loss that matters. So let's say I lose by 5 health, and Sunsfan wins by 6, we win the round by one. We deal one damage, and we get a, a round win bonus for it. Right. Uh, and opposite if you lose. So you can actually have one guy stomping his board and still losing uh, the round. It's possible if his teammate loses even harder, uh, yeah. then you win. Uh, and it's great. And I had a lot of fun with it, like sending units over, talking strategy, planning. Like, oh, I have space on my bench right now, so you kind of have the, the thing I talked about in a podcast a while back, like wh- how, how would it affect the game to make the bench a bit bigger. Uh, That's kind of what you have when you play duos, Mm -hmm. because you have have two full benches at your disposal. And since you can send units to each other as much as you want, you can suddenly way easier build up for those three-star units. Not only do you have more bench space, but you have two people rolling for them. So it's way more rewarding that you get all of these units. All of this said, (coughs) I still stand by what I said last time. I think it would be cooler if it was one shared bigger board and you have two armies side-by-side side where you can strategically plant your right. units around each other's strategy and fight Imagine another board I do how cluttered that
0: people. would be, Cinder.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> I, think, say. I think it would fly in the old art style. I think you didn't need to change anything. I still think you could keep track of what's going that's, that's, that's on. In the new one, I would be lost like totally lost but we'll see uh in a way it's a little bit unfair that we spent so much time and energy on that one downside of the ui compared to how much we love everything else but i think it needs to be said because i mean honestly the way the game looks it just matters like it it plays a really big role imagine dota introduced 10 new amazing heroes and then they changed the art design to league of legends people would be like why the fuck did you change the art design oh by the way all your new heroes and items are amazing but now we hate the game (laughs) right like uh it's just it's important This stuff matters so they really need to know what they're doing and be careful with it um like you said they're really good at taking feedback so i'm positive stuff will change within the next few weeks i'm just curious if they want to double down on the art style but try to make it more uh easily understandable in fights like maybe tone down some animations change a little bit of stuff here and there but keep the ideal or the like the the type of art style that they've gone for, or if they flat out will revert some stuff where they were like, okay, we I mean, tried this, it didn't work, people didn't like it.
0: Even as is, I think Duos has made this game like <clears throat> way better, like to a degree I didn't even think was going to be possible, honestly. I thought it would be a good game, it but Duos good. is Duos extremely good. Like the games are quick because you can take a lot of damage. Like if both of you suck, you will die very quickly. Like round 30 <laughs> is usually around the time <laughs> the game ends. That's great. That's great. Have fun. <laughs> but I think another, I just want to add one cool strategy that we didn't do ourselves, but we had the option to technically. Uh, I love the idea of switching boards. So imagine you're playing like an Assassin's build and I'm playing whatever, doesn't matter, anything else. And I get a Mask of Madness, right? You can't switch items with each other. So in mm-hmm. theory, it would make more sense for us to just switch, or switch compositions completely so that I start playing Assassin so I can use the Mask of Mad. That is such a yeah. cool concept. Like that's a little bit higher end, uh, uh, like higher level, I suppose. But just the idea of that really excites me for some reason. And I can't wait to fuck it up real bad
1: the first time I and try. And there's, so, there's so much communication with it, right? Like every time you get an item round, you're like, okay, I have these three items to choose from. Is any of them good for you? And if yes, is it good enough that it's worth it for us to swap? And if yes, we do this, what item should you take yourself. Right. Uh, right? So there's so much... Um, and to be clear, like, there's even a lot though of we've, we've kind of
0: talked crap a bit about the, a, the the AI, the UI that they've implemented, the UI for uh, the duos mode in terms of what your what your ally needs is actually really well done. Like, it's yep. pretty much not a the question. Like, you, you know exactly what heroes that they have. They'll pop up in your shop and you say, hey, your ally has this. Then you just ask them, hey, do you need this? And if you know they need it, you just buy it and send it over. So... It's
1: it's really well All done in that regard. It's great, easy to send gold, easy to see what your ally has, easy to transfer units. Yeah, I, I. The it's one kind of funny. Sorry, before it, you it, let you it, can mm-hmm. finish
0: with this thought. I just want to say the one negative because you can end with the positive. The one mm-hmm. negative is you can't. There's not a good way to see like everyone's board at once. There's no big
1: scoreboard for duos right, right. now. That is probably also really difficult. Yeah. to do. I mean, then it's already cluttered enough, right, with a lot yeah. of stuff, so maybe they're a little bit wary there, which is fine, I think. Yeah. Um. It, it's just, in a way, it's funny that in many ways, you could say this duo mode should be the hardest thing to nail first try, but they fucking nailed it. Like, this is... It's added complexity, it's switching between players, there's communication parts going into it, all the strategy that we talked about, but everything they implemented with this, I had no complaints. I just thought it was intuitive easy to use well made well thought out all of that was good and in some ways i at least i think you could argue that would be the hardest thing to make and they fucking nailed that (laughs) that's true but then (laughs) other stuff that should maybe not be so difficult is a bit more questionable i mean we yeah mainly the ui right whereas some parts (laughs) and now we're ending on a negative note (laughs) um (laughs) it's just you know the classic saying of uh, if it's if it ain't broke don't fix it right but I get where they're coming from. The old system was definitely not broken, but I definitely think you could make improvements on it. It's just maybe you went a little bit too far in some directions where perhaps that shouldn't have been that hard to tell. That's also the feeling we're sitting with. If people were testing this, and we are very experienced players in this game that have played it a lot, and we are a bit lost, how are the people testing it not lost? Did they have, like, who tests the game? Is it, like, super experienced people, or is it just the team that is developing the art style? Because obviously. If you're designing all the art and you know all the animations, it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty intuitive for you, right? Because you know how everything works because you built it. Right. For anybody else that comes in, it seems a bit confusing. So. Okay,
0: so I'll end with the high note. <clears throat> okay, great. With Dota That's Underlords. Cool. So I don't know what the perception is of this genre within the Dota players or the game itself from just players outside of this genre. But if you were like, how do I put this? Auto Chess for me, Underlords, the old concept, the solo, it was... I wouldn't say I always... God, how do I say this nicely? It wasn't one of those games that I could ever say, I'm going to play this game for 10 hours. Now, I did Mm -hmm. do this just to get this to Lord because I just really wanted to get Lord for some reason. Mm -hmm. I did not enjoy getting Lord at all. Okay, And I know a lot of people have kind of been turned off of the game for a bit because there weren't some updates or whatever the case may be. I'm telling you... If you play duos, you will find it if you have a friend. You need a friend. That's a requirement. If you have it, it will be fun. This is I've never had more fun playing any auto chess game in my entire life, not even close. Like this has like tripled my fun factor
1: from whatever the highest would have been before. It is so and much better
0: being able to talk to somebody <laughs> instead of I think of an solo overlooked
1: time. An overlooked part of this that we didn't mention is also I think the way Duos works actually makes it very possible to play together with somebody who is much worse or better than you. I yes. actually think the mode itself doesn't punish skill difference that hard, um, which, again, that's great. You can. That's a problem in tons of other games is playing with friends of a very different skill level can be punishing either to the beginner or to the expert or to both And in this, I feel like I could sit down with one of my friends who has barely played the game before. Like, okay, if you've literally never played, it's different. But I can have come in with my 100 hours of experience, and I can play with a friend that's played like 10, 20 games. And I can feel like we can play duos together and have fun. And we're not going to be equally good at the game. But it's still not going to feel like he's just ruining your game, you know, or you're ruining his. So I think, again, that's very elegantly done that you get to play together and have fun together and it doesn't it doesn't feel like any of you will be completely out of place. Uh, I think a great example was our game last night actually, you know? Like sure, I'm very experienced, but you had played 30 games and I played literally one game of this new game and we sat down together and we played a duo game and it kind of just flowed through communication. You told me a couple of things I hadn't thought about and then I can implement it and do it and it I mean there's great, some like right? basic so.
0: concepts that <clears throat> end up, you know, Getting you to the next level, like income management. Like if you guys know how the the interest works, you want to make sure at least one of you is getting interest and you just you can send each other gold so you can balance it out. It's I don't know. I I find pretty much everything about the duos mode like super satisfying. And then when you win, mm-hmm. you can say, I carry the shit out of you, and that's fun to talk shit to the person that you're <laughs> playing with. Let me tell <laughs> you. <laughs> Cinderin got to do that with me, even though I sent him all the good emails. Okay, moving on. Uh Shroud. Has gone to Mixer. We won't talk about this. Transition. <laughs> we have to transition somehow. Okay. What am I going to transition with? To that? There
1: are one? other ways than... Okay, moving on. Let's talk about Mixer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. But I, okay, it's fine. No. Shroud to Mixer. Cinder, what do you think? Shroud, of course, um, is a famous uh, Counter-Strike player yes. from back in the day on Cloud9. FPS game player. Huge streamer. Like I don't know... I'm not a big Twitch stream watcher. Like, I watch occasionally, Mm -hmm. not other games. It's usually like Dota or Underlord or something. But the few people that I will watch, so I consider them huge. Uh, Well, of course, I've heard of Ninja, so I knew how big he was, Mm -hmm. but I never watched him. Uh, The other one is Shroud, because he is fucking incredibly talented at FPS games. Like, I don't know if you used to know this, but I used to be. (laughs) Okay, here
1: we fucking go again.
0: But no, like, having that eye for, like, the FPS thing, it's... Like when I'm watching him, I'm like, dude, this guy, is he not, how is this even remotely possible for a human being to do? It's actually incredible. But anyway, that's another story. And then the third one, Mm -hmm. I would say in the popularity standpoint, I know there's more than this, but Dr. Disrespect is like next on my list. Like, is he, how much money does he need to go over to Mixer? Uh, But what did you think about Shroud
1: switching? Well, we had this, uh, we had this talk, right? We talked, I don't know how many episodes it is ago by now, but we talked about it when Ninja switched that. If Mixer wanted to be a competitor to Twitch, they could use Ninja as a test, see how it goes, and then they would ultimately probably need to buy out more big streamers because it's not enough to pull out one big guy. Twitch has way too much of a stranglehold on the industry, basically. And we said, then the question is, okay, who are they going to go for next and how much is it going to be? And there you go. There's the next guy. Uh, Probably got a really sizable offer as well to consider it, uh, Shroud. Mm. Uh, and like we talked about, the, the big winners in the end on this is the user, because <laughs> there's competition. And competition is good, because it means if you're a Twitch streamer, you will get better terms eventually. If Mixer starts competing enough, Twitch needs to appeal more to you as a partner, or you're going to go stream on Mixer, especially if they start sending you offers. For the more mm. casual streamers, even there, like it, it's from the ground up, right? Because the way the big streamers are made, they start somewhere, Right. So if Mixer starts becoming the place where people go to start streaming, that's also going to hit Twitch. I mean, it's great. You have the big people for now, but what about in five years, 10 years? We we don't expect streaming to die. So, you know, you, you want to keep getting in those new people. And that's just really good. As far as Shroud goes, I kind of have the same read on him as you do. Um... It's a it's it's very rewarding in a way and very interesting to see because a lot of the time when people talk about big streamers, what makes big streamers big is that they're really like entertaining and there's different ways of being entertaining. The bit of Shroud that I've watched, he isn't like a complete like clown or mega overreacting to stuff for comedic value or something. He's just a really fucking good player. And he has a great streaming setup and it's very smooth and it looks great and the design and everything of it is just very professionally done. And he plays with very skilled people or has nice people that he has as part of his stream. And he just has really fucking good gameplay. So he made a name for himself through CSGO streaming, I believe, uh, where he got really yep. big. And then he transitioned to mainly other shooters that he plays. And it's great to see that because I think sometimes people forget that a big part of the appeal in watching streamers is also watching people that are you know really good at the game and not just funny. Um, and that, that part of it matters too. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a very obvious thing in like from a Dota standpoint. You know, the, the really big streamers, for example, we have Gorgon Admiral Bulldog, who are also both really good at the game, um, but perhaps not at the absolute tier one level. Where if somebody like let's say Crit is streaming, um, there is there is a very big difference between viewerships, and that's fine. Obviously, building brands and spending a lot of time and energy on it has a huge has a huge value. Uh, but Shroud is kind of both at once, right? He Mm -hmm. has that like really tight streaming schedule. Streams a lot, and then he also on top of that, he is a tier one player, kind of right. I have limited knowledge, of course, but when he quit CS:GO to go streaming, it wasn't because he couldn't play at the highest level, right? It was because I mean, mechanically speaking, I can say with
0: full confidence, mechanically speaking, he is tier one, highest of tiers for sure. IQ and all that stuff—that's impossible to tell because I haven't mm -hmm. watched him play Counter Strike any. Time recently I haven't watched Counter Strike professionally in a long time. Uh but right. yeah, he's fucking good. Now there there is uh, chat's reminding me, and this is gonna show you guys how much how little I know. Uh, another streamer was moving named King gathalian I have no fucking clue who that
1: is. Never heard of that. Am I
0: an idiot? But what what game I don't does know. he play? No idea who that is. But here's the question for you, Sinner. Okay. So right. they have they have Ninja, they have Shroud, both FPS players. Different games, though, right? Shroud mm-hmm. plays the more like I mean, Ninja plays Fortnite, basically, and like the cartoony-type shooters or whatever. I'm sure he plays other stuff as well, but that's what he's known for. Shroud is known for Counter-Strike, but now, like PUBG, these more realistic shooters. Do you think they go after any strategy market, any card game market personalities next? Do you think FPS is just the way Mm -hmm. to go? What do you think?
1: I think they mainly go after the big names i don't think they care so much about the type of content they make or the game they want the viewership right and they want the headlines that's what they they need the attention brought toward their platform and the best way to do it is to get the biggest people right Mm. Uh, actually i just it just came to mind for me i actually think i have a really good analogy for who shroud is in dota he's he would be artezy basically right artezy isn't like super clowny or Completely crazy or whatever. He's he's a guy who's playing really fucking good Dota. He's funny. He plays with good people, but he doesn't go like over the top or put how to say it. I don't I don't know. He doesn't put comedy first. Let's say that it's not it's not comedy first and foremost. It's gameplay first and foremost, and comedy second. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this isn't meant as an insult to other streamers (laughs) because, for example, I think somebody like Gorg doesn't put comedy first. I think in many instances Bulldog does, and that's fine. That's his. You know that's his brand and his style. Now he doesn't care so much about playing super well anymore. He cares more about having a fun stream, uh, and he plays with you know way less skilled people. He fucks around a lot, and just does he has play fun with you a lot, Cinder? No, absolutely nothing means. wrong with that. No, absolutely not. Okay. But <laughs> I'm way too good for that. Okay, um, so, uh, <laughs> nah, so um, that's obviously just different styles. I'm not saying one is better than the other. The reason it was just funny to, or like good to mention, was that. Like idea of what makes streams entertaining is very different for different people and to me it's very enjoyable to watch people that are really good at a game even if i don't get it that's why i love watching tournaments and games i barely ever play because it's cool to see people that are just really fucking good at what they do and it doesn't only have to be about you know having a laugh at somebody's expense or cracking jokes just good gameplay has a lot of value to a lot of people um and yeah, Arteezy for me would be the great example. Extremely <clears throat> popular streamer in Dota. Unfortunately, he doesn't stream very much. Or well, maybe fortunately for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his, his gameplay is first and then everything else is second. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of like Shroud did. And if Arteezy had gone full-time streaming, he would have been huge on that part. But obviously, he cares about competition first and foremost. And I completely respect that. That, well, that makes that's a lot of sense. Well, that's the funny thing.
0: <clears throat> in Dota... A big reason that these players don't stream as much is because they get paid a shit ton already. In yeah. other games, maybe not so much. Like, through you know, I'm fucking $30 million prize pools in other games. Getting sixth place sets you up the entire year in Dota. That's ridiculous. So, different yeah. priorities, and obviously... Uh, I mean, it's not like he's switching the mixture because he'd have to leave EG to do that because I'm sure EG has Twitch contracts up the, up the anus, left, right, and center, yep. you
1: know? There you go with uh, the ass talk again. That didn't take very long, yeah, huh? Well... It, what do you mean? that it, It's been an hour and
0: 14 minutes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Personal best. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, I guess we're going to wrap up here. But I, I do want to say uh, for next week, I know some things have happened about uh, leaking Blizzard stuff that we will not talk about because I want to talk about this in full next week because BlizzCon is happening this weekend. And I'm not even that big of a Blizzard a uh, game player anymore. Like uh, Warcraft 3 was the biggest one and Brood War, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like it's been literally over a decade. I am so freaking excited to see what happens because they have fucked up every step of the way and I just want to know what the next step is going to be, you know? Will okay. they redeem themselves in some fashion or will they fuck up even harder
1: somehow? Okay, here's my analogy for this for I think it's like watching Formula 1, right? There are people that watch Formula 1 that are hoping for crashes. That are like Yes. That's true. You, you know, you just want the drama. <clears throat> and there's the people that watch because they're a fan of somebody or want them to do well in the race or just cheering for really good driving or whatever. Okay. What kind of BlizzCon viewer are you? The crash guy. You're the crash guy. Yeah. So you don't you're not like particularly hoping that they will redeem themselves and plan some really big game like announcing Diablo 4 or uh, you know, so here's, here's Warcraft Four or something like this. I
0: mean, Warcraft Four would be kind of cool. I don't think it would be successful because I think RTS is just kind of dead. I don't think you can redeem, uh, that kind wow. of a game anymore. You think it's dead? I think it's it's on its. I mean, let's say let's not say it's dead. It's it's been on a steady decline, and I don't see it ever picking up to where it used to be. That's probably. Do a better you think way to put it.
1: you could make an RTS with elements of stuff that is in right now to help it out?
0: I mean, the potentially. But Blizzard's never going to do it because they never do anything cool. Uh, at least not anymore. <laughs> okay, well, there you. Um, I mean, here's, here's Let's the thing, right? watch some
1: precious boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, this is the other way that I'm looking at it. I know this isn't fair. Actually, it is. Fuck it. This is fair. Ever since Activision took over Blizzard, they've been complete garbage. We've talked about this before. This is my personal mm-hmm. opinion. I'm not speaking for Sinner, although I know he agrees with me. I personally believe they do not deserve to be redeemed. They fucked up so bad in such obvious ways. Like, the most obvious ways possible. Repeatedly. They have, they have, it's like you take a fork and you stab yourself in the forehead. You take it out and you keep stabbing yourself in the goddamn forehead because you're a goddamn idiot. That's Blizzard in a nutshell, in my
1: opinion. But, if you, but you can't feel anything if there's nothing in there. That's a great point.
0: That's why they keep doing it. You've you've wrapped it all up. That's actually beautifully done, Sindarin. That makes perfect. That's the best analogy I've ever heard. So thank you. So next week we'll talk about BlizzCon. Uh, I'm very excited about that. But I want to end with this, Sindarin. Mm -hmm. What do you think the date will be? I want you to pick an exact date. So remember we had a prediction earlier. I want an exact date for this big Outlanders patch for Dota. Can I go first? Because I don't want you stealing my shit. I usually let you go first. Will you allow me this? Okay,
1: let me see. Yes, you can go first.
0: I am choosing November 25th, which is a Monday. Oh. It is the day after the MDL major, the 25th.
1: That was very close to what I would have picked.
0: You're going to pick the day after?
1: I'm picking November 24th.
0: Oh, shit. I think, day I think
1: it comes out immediately after the tournament oh, is over because yeah. people are so fucking hyped for it. And they might do the TI kind of thing they did where they released it, you know. <clears throat> uh, or, well, what's that now? Two TIs ago or whatever. Um, I think because if you think about time zone, right? It's on the 24th in oh, China.
0: No, so, you're right. Oh, no. That would
1: be the 24th in Europe in the morning, probably yeah. when the finals are played, and the 23rd in the US, correct? Yeah. So for uh-huh. me, the 20th, it will probably be the 24th well, no, it, in it, it the US. The 20,
0: it won't be the 23rd. It'll be the 24th for us still.
1: It'll just be really early in the morning. Okay. Um yeah, I think 24th. But yeah, we have the same idea. We both think okay. it's coming out after the major, and we don't think it's, both think it's coming out right that,
0: after I'm going to say that, okay, it, it could come out later in the day on the 24th, though. That is true. I was going to say it's not going to come out super... Cause it's going to be Valve time. I don't think it's going to be one of these, hey, we're releasing it for China. It's going to be U.S. time. It always is. Mm. You're not going to release something this major that could have so many things that you need to fix and not have everybody at the office. So, okay. Right. I might have just yeah, gotten destroyed.
1: U.S. morning 24th or U.S. noon is very believable, I think. Okay. But, I Time mean,
0: zones has got me again, it seems.
1: If I could give a second guess, I think my second guess would be something like mid-December. Really? Is either it comes out right after the major, or it's just not done. And then they stretch the timeline as much as they can. Because they said right. fall, and fall technically ends mid-December or late December or something. Because... Um, yeah, I I don't see something like in-between-ish where it's like, oh, it comes out on November 28th or something. Either it's done and people are fucking hyped right after the major. So let's be honest here. The best, like at least I think so, the best strategy here is to, if it's ready, release it as soon as possible after the major while all the hype is there and people are watching. Yep, That's where you get the biggest reach. So it's just a good business decision. That's I when mean, you top that they patch.
0: could. So here's the other. This is what is going to align with my strategy of picking the 25th. They announce everything the 24th, mm-hmm. but it doesn't come out till right. the next day, because that's when they're okay. in the office on Monday. They'd have to be in the office on Sunday, which is not a thing. That's
1: a good normal. point. It's a Sunday. I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah.
0: Let's hope to God. That's Suns true. fan's right. Team Suns <laughs> fan, go! Activate! Let's
1: hope, we're, let's hope we're both wrong and it comes out in three days.
0: Yeah, that's not going to happen. Let's be real. Okay, so <laughs> have you watched In Bruges, Cinderin, Or Joker?
1: Wait, is that... Mm, no... To both, yeah, no.
0: Thank you so much. Wait, so I, why
1: are we talking about Joker? Because is was that such in a good Bruges movie? tier? Um,
0: I can't put it in in Bruges tier quite yet, but I need I do need to see it again. It was one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen, for sure. Easily top three. Okay,
1: just like in Bruges, one of the best superhero movies you've seen.
0: No, that's the problem. That's one of the best movies ever. Period top five
1: without superheroes
0: without super there's no there's no super spoiler there's no superhero (laughs) Batman does not make an appearance at the end guys sorry if you're really into that stuff don't watch in Bruges (laughs) it's a movie of class not not oh
1: a sophisticated one yes it's very sophisticated okay
0: thanks for watching guys thanks for listening on all the podcast stuff you know I don't know if you're aware of this Cinder, but this is available on Spotify contrary to popular belief it is so, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you next week. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.
2: Yeah.